Today we begin Seder Noshim, the section of Mishnayos that deals with the laws having to do with marriage. And the Seder begins with Mesechtis Yevamas, which deals with the mitzvah of Yibam, which is not a conventional halachic marriage at all, but applies in a very specific case, and that is as described by the Pasuk, Yeshuachim Yachtov, if there are two brothers, and we usually call them Reuven and Shimon, one of them died without any children, then this widow, this Yavama, shall not go and marry someone else other than one of the deceased men's surviving brothers, rather Yavama, Yavo Aleha, her Yavam, which would be one of the surviving brothers, shall be intimate with her, and thereby take her as his wife. And the Pasuk mentions a bit of the purpose of the mitzvah, and that is, hopefully they'll have a son. And that son, will stand in place of the Yavim's deceased brother, so that his name not be erased from Yisrael. The Pasuk goes on to describe what is done in the event that, for whatever reason, they are not going to be going through with the mitzvah of Yibam? For example, the Yavam refuses to fulfill that mitzvah. The Pasuk says that in that event, in order for her to be released to marry someone else, they would have to undergo the ceremony of Chalitza, which entails to, in Bezdin, the Yavama removes the shoe from upon the Yavam's foot, and she spits, and certain verses are recited, and upon completion of that ceremony, the widow is permitted to go and marry someone else. Now, of course, one's brother's wife is normally forbidden to him. Needless to say, you know, while his brother is still married to her, but even, let's say, if somebody's brother divorces his wife, say, Ruvain's married to a woman, he has a brother, Shimon, Ruvain divorces his wife, Ruvain's ex-wife in that case is still completely forbidden to Shimon, she's forbidden to him as his Aisha's Ach, She's erva to Shimon. If Shimon were to have a relationship with her, it would be a serious prohibition, punishable with kares, which is basically death from heaven. And the same is true in the event that Ruvain died with children. If that happened, Ruvain's widow would be Shimon's Eishazach. She would be erva, forbidden to Shimon, on a very severe level. But comes along this mitzvah Yibam and says that if the conditions of Yibam are met, namely that... Ruvain died without any children and was still married to his wife the moment before his death. And assuming there's no additional connection between the widow and Shimon that would make them forbidden to each other, then now this relationship between Shimon and Ruvain's widow turns from being an erva, severely prohibited relationship, into a mitzvah. And once Shimon lives with Ruvain's widow as a husband and wife, they're then married. So it's an extreme kind of turnaround. At the beginning of the Masech, the discusses a situation in which a man died without any children, he left a surviving brother, and yet where the mitzvah of Yibam does not apply to the widow that he left, due to the fact that the widow was related to the surviving brother in a way that she was erva to him for a reason other than the fact that she used to be married to his brother. The Mishnah's first example will be Bito where the widow is Shimon's own daughter, which means that Ruvain had married his brother's daughter, his niece, which is perfectly permissible. If Ruvain died and left no children, 
Shimon does not have any mitzvah yibum to his daughter. His daughter may immediately go get remarried to somebody else. There is no yibum bond, which we call the zika, between Ruven's widow and Shimon because she is erva to him. This is a strictly forbidden relationship again for a reason other than the fact that this woman was once married to Shimon's brother. So in such a case, unsurprisingly, the mitzvah yibum does not apply. The Mishnah teaches us that the Yibam exemption of Erva goes even further. It spreads, if you will, in a case where Reuven was married to more than one woman. He was, for example, married to his niece, Shimon's daughter, and another woman who is not related to Shimon. So we would have assumed that in such a case, upon Reuven's death, assuming again Reuven had no children, although the Erva widow, the widow who is Shimon's daughter, is completely exempt from Yibam. But her tsara, her co-wife, well, she's not related to Shimon, so she seemingly should fall in Yibam to Shimon. There should be a Yibam bond between her and Shimon, where they're going to have to choose whether Shimon should marry her or do Chalitza before she can marry somebody else. Yet in actuality, the halacha is that not only does Shimon have no mitzvah Yibam to his daughter, he doesn't have any mitzvah Yibam whatsoever, to the co-wife of his daughter either. The Pasik teaches us that Shimon's daughter, the Erva Yavama, passes along her Yibam exemption to the co-wife who fell in Yibam consideration alongside herself to Shimon. And the Torah says that just as clearly when Shimon's own daughter falls to him in Yibam, the verdict is she's rejected from Yibam. There's no requirement of Yibam or Chalitza. That status spreads to the co-wife who also fell in Yibam to Shimon, she too is entirely exempt from any kind of mitzvah Yibam. Chalitza isn't required, and in fact, it would be a kare's prohibition for Shimon to do Yibam to his daughter's co-wife, to the other widow, because once we're saying the mitzvah Yibam doesn't apply, well then things snap back to the status quo, which is, this is a widow who was once married to Shimon's brother, there's no mitzvah to her, well then it reverts to being a serious prohibition. If Shimon were to live with his daughter's co-wife, he would violate the Kari's prohibition that says you shall not have a relationship with your brother's wife, and even if she's not currently married to him anymore. As soon as you subtract the mitzvah yibam, what you're left with is a serious iser erva. But the exemption doesn't stop there. As the Mishnah will explain, if we were to add another brother to the mix who we'll call Levi, then the whole scenario could play itself out again with the co-wife exempting her co-wife and that co-wife exempting her co-wife ad infinitum. So let's do play that out for practice. We have this time Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Ruvain was married to two women, one of whom was Shimon's daughter, and then Ruvain died without any children. So when these widows fall for human consideration to Shimon, the verdict is they are both exempt from the midst of Yibam, one widow because she's Shimon's daughter, the other widow because she fell for Yibam consideration to Shimon as Shimon's daughter's co-wife. And the result of that again is that Shimon's daughter's co-wife now became forbidden to Shimon in a Yibam setting as his Eishasach. So that's an important point to note that there was a Yibam consideration and then a rejection from Shimon. Alright, so both widows are rejected from Yibam from the standpoint of Shimon, but in our case there's another Yavam. There's another surviving brother, Levi. Neither widow is erva to Levi, other than the fact that up until this point they were married to his brother. 
So that means that either is a candidate for Yibam to Levi. And Allah is, if more than one widow falls in Yibam, the Yavam only does Yibam to one of them, and that exempts both. So let's say Levi performed Yibam, he went and married the widow who is not Shimon's daughter. And Levi also had another wife from before, who we're going to call the Tsaras Tsara. She is now the co-wife of the woman who was originally, when married to Reuven, the co-wife of the erva of Shimon's daughter. So we have to keep track of this co-wife, of the co-wife, of the erva. And the next step in the case is that Levi dies without any children. So now these two widows, one who was only ever married to Levi, the co-wife of the co-wife of the erva, plus the one who at one point was married to Reuven and then married Levi through Yibam, she is the co-wife of the erva. These two widows now fall for human consideration to Shimon. The widow who is also once married to Ruvain, the co-wife of the erva, definitely is rejected from any kind of mitzvah yibum to Shimon, based on a concept called Nesra, which says that since there was already a situation here in which this woman was rejected from a mitzvah yibum from Shimon, and she forever is branded as a, a problematic Eshes Ach to Shimon, meaning that never again will it be possible for a mitzvah yibum to uproot the uh, prohibition of Eshazach that exists between Shimon and this woman who was married to his brother, even in, in this situation where she falls in Yibam a second time from a different brother. So there's definitely no mitzvah Yibam to the Tzara Serva. The Mishnah teaches us that there won't be any mitzvah Yibam either to the Tzara's Tzara Serva, to this other widow who was never married to Ruvain, only married to Levi, that since she fell for even consideration along with the woman who is erva to Shimon, in the sense that she forever became rejected from Yibam from Shimon, so she forever became erva seishasach to Shimon. That rejection, that exemption, extends to this other widow, the Tzars erva, that she too is now rejected from Shimon, so complete exemption of the mitzvah of Yibam, and so she forever is rejected from Shimon, Yibam between Shimon and this other widow now will never be possible. And then you can add another brother and another brother to essentially generate the same kind of scenario again and again. And the same halacha will apply to infinitum that each new widow that you add to the case will be exempt by virtue of falling in Yibam along with the woman who is erva to the man that they're falling in Yibam to. Now we picked the Mishnah's first example of the erva of Bito, the erva of one's daughter, the Mishnah presents a list of 15 arayos that this halacha would apply to. That is, we could come up with 15 scenarios similar to the one described above, where you have a woman who is permitted to one brother, but erva to another brother, which forms the basis of the possibility of two widows falling to a brother, one of whom is erva to him, the other not erva, which we're able to see this exemption of Tsar's erva in action, the idea again that the same way the Erva herself is totally exempt from Yibam, from this brother, the exemption extends to her co-wife as well, and then that co-wife could extend that to her co-wife in the future, a feeless Yibam situation, and so on and so forth. As the Mishnah states, Chamesh Asrei Nashim Potrus Tzorosayin V'tzaras Tzorosayin Mina Chalitza Mina Yibam At Sofa Olam. There are 15 women who exempt their co-wives, and those co-wives in turn their co-wives, Ad infinitum, Eloheinu, and they are. Bito, Ubas Bito, Ubas Beno. 
we generate this case of a Yibam exemption, which goes to the co-wife and then to her co-wife, etc., a case where a man's daughter or his daughter's daughter or his son's daughter felt him in Yibam or you could make such a case involving where it's the man's wife's daughter. So it's his stepdaughter, not his own daughter. Or the wife's son's daughter. Or the wife's daughter's daughter. These are all erva relations as well. In addition, we could do the case with where the woman who fell to Medivim along with her co-wife was his wife's mother, or his wife's mother's mother, or his wife's father's mother. And we could construct this teaching, a case involving a choso me'imo, person's half-sister on his mother's side, his maternal sister, v'yachosimo, his mother's sister, v'yachosishto, or his wife's sister. And it's possible to create such a case involving, for example, one's maternal half-sister. What you would do it is, you would make a case where Reuven and Shimon are only have brothers on their father's side. So that way, you know, Ruven can be permitted to this woman, but not Shimon, hence you're able to create the case. And another case we could use to illustrate this teaching is the case of where one of the widows who fell to this brother Nibam was married to his half-maternal brother. And she, you know, subsequently married his brother who does share the same father. And then he died, leaving her and a co-wife so in that case as well, the teaching would apply that since the widow was once married to his maternal brother is rejected from Yibam, when the original brother died, she wasn't permitted to him in Yibam because only a paternal brother's wife falls in Yibam. So that means she was you know, forever rejected from Yibam, so now that she's falling from a paternal brother, she's considered heir to him, and therefore is rejected, exempt from Yibam, and she passes that exemption her co-wife. And also, we could also apply this teaching in a case where one of the widows who falls to this brother in Yibam was once the wife of a brother who died before this living brother was born. The Pasuk says that the case of Yibam is We only get a heter of Yibam, the prohibition of one's brother's wife, only changes into a mitzvah in the case of brothers, we're both living at the same time. So here you have a situation where, let's say it's you know, currently Levi, and uh, this woman used to be married to Ruvain, who died before Levi was born, but Shimon was alive before Ruvain died, so she fell in Yibam to Shimon, and then you know, Levi was born, and let's say you know, Shimon did Yibam, and then Shimon died. So even though, from the vantage point of that, okay, she's the widow of Shimon, she should fall in Yibam to Levi. It should be a mitzvah of Yibam between her and Levi. But no, since she was rejected from Levi based on her marriage to Ruvain and then Ruvain's death, because Levi and Ruvain never coexisted, she's forever ever to him, therefore exempt from Yibam and passes that exemption along to her co-wife. And finally, number 15, Vikalaso. You can illustrate this teaching in a case where one of the widows who falls to this man in Yibam is his daughter-in-law, that's another erva that's listed in Acharemos. And so there's definitely a Yibam exemption there, and that exemption will pass to a co-wife. The Mishnah summarizes, The above 15 cases of women who are considered erva to the surviving brother are not only themselves exempt, but they would pass their exemption to their co-wife, 
Nakoev, to her co-wife, etc. at infinitum. The Mishnah makes an important distinction that Vikulan, regarding these 15 cases, where one of the widows is forbidden to the Yavam, the exemption only applies if the forbidden woman was married to the brother who eventually dies up until the moment of his death. In that case, the fact that the forbidden woman, the Erva, fell for even consideration to the Yavam along with the other widow triggers this halacha that the exemption passes to the co-wife. However, if the marriage dissolved to whatever means, either through the death of the forbidden woman herself or through mian, this applies in the case of a rabbinic marriage. The rabbinic say you could end the rabbinic marriage through a process called mian, if that's how the marriage ended, or through divorce. Let's say Ruvain divorced the Shimon's daughter before Ruvain died. Oshinimsu island is... Or, let's say, the widow who was forbidden to Shimon was discovered to be an islandess. It turns out, like, as she got older, we realized that she will never be able to have children and she exhibits other severe symptoms. And yet together, if she shows all the symptoms, she's considered an islandess. Upon such a discovery, the marriage between the woman who is Erva to Shimon and Ruvain is retroactively invalidated. It's a marriage under false pretenses. Because Reuven didn't know that she's an islandess and so would never be able to bear children. So this is another situation in which at the time of Reuven's death, he actually wasn't halakhically married to the Erva woman, the woman who was forbidden to Shimon. In all these cases, since the Erva woman never fell for even consideration to the Yavim, to Shimon, it was only the other wife who fell for even consideration to Shimon, Sarasein Butaras. So that single widow who fell to Shimon, who is not prohibited to Shimon, She's not erva to him for any reason other than she was married to his brother. In this case, the mitzvah of Yibam fully applies. So Shimon could do Yibam with the widow, or otherwise if they don't want to do Yibam, then they would have to do Chalitza before she could marry somebody else. The fact that once upon a time, an erva to Shimon was also married to Ruvain along with this person is irrelevant. Since again, by the time of Ruvain's death, the erva woman was no longer married to Ruvain and the mission notes, V'yata yochel lomer b'chamoso, b'im chamoso, b'im chamev, shenimtsu islandess o shemeinu. It wouldn't be possible to construct a case where if the erva woman, the woman who's forbidden to Shimon, is either his wife's mother or his wife's father's mother, that you end up not having the even exemption due to the fact that Shimon's mother-in-law or his wife's grandmother was discovered to be an islandess before Ruvain's death, or where this person performed a mian to dissolve the marriage before Ruvain's death, that's simply impossible. Because uh, by definition, Shimon's mother-in-law or grandmother-in-law has had children, which means she's obviously not an islandess, and the concept of mian is also inapplicable to her, being that the mian is only available in the case of a minor who gets married minor can't have children, so she obviously couldn't be a mother-in-law, let alone a grandmother-in-law.